Good afternoon, everyone. Glad you're here with me on Life Hurts, God Heals. I am your host, Chris Woolwind, and happy Father's Day to all those happy fathers. Glad that you're a father. I think I learned more about life and living from being a father than from any other aspect of my life. So, I hope that's the case with you and my good wishes and tidings to you, dads. Keep being a good dad because that job never stops, does it? At least I don't think so. Hey, well, usually we start our show with uh, some trivia and uh, or some fun things. I don't have trivia, but uh, I, I ran across some some notes that people write when they are upset about things. Maybe you have uh, the opportunity to run into these notes, particularly if they are about you and your behaviors. I've had my share of notes written about me against me or trying to, oh, I don't know if it's passive aggressive, but to to make it clear that someone doesn't like my behavior. And uh, maybe some of you have seen these on, on uh, Instagram or some other place, but um, I, I just found some of these uh, really funny. So I'm, I, I've got a few here that I just wanted to share with you because I feel like they they speak into my life a great deal. Someone put a sign on an office wall that said, no thumbtacks in the wall, and they attached it with thumbtacks. And then someone stuck a sticky note on that little no thumbtacks in the wall sign. And on their little sticky note, they had two arrows pointing to the thumbtacks with a big question mark. Well, below that sticky note, another sticky note that said, no sticky notes on signs. And then someone put a sticky note below that sticky note that said in big black letters, sticky note on sign, and they underlined it. (laughs) Someone attached a note to that note that said, no sticky notes on sticky notes. And then someone attached a purple sticky note that said, no purple sticky notes. Now, does this not tell you or exemplify what's going on in our culture today? Somebody doesn't like something, and then someone else doesn't like what that someone did, and then someone doesn't like what that someone did, and then you have people criticizing one another for what they did or didn't do, what they said or didn't say, or should have said, la, 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 on and on, right? Uh, That just struck me uh, as a microcosm of what is taking place today. Someone put a sign on an office building kitchen area. It said, Please throw your food out in the hallway trash. I think we would all appreciate the newsroom not smelling like day-old ketchup all the time. Boy, I can almost picture in my mind who wrote that note. No, it's not you. Anyway, it was signed, Sincerely, Your Passive-Aggressive Coworker. Ha, ha, ha. Well, then someone responded by writing the word sorry in big letters, and they used ketchup to write the word. Don't you love that? 
That is actually something I would have done. It wouldn't have even taken any thought. I just would have done it. So that's, that's what caught my eye on that. And then I thought this was interesting and kind of has a religious note to it. And since our, our program is about how God works in our lives, this has nothing to do with that, okay? But at a computer software business, there was a sign on the glass door where some computer programmers were working. And the sign said, Please do not tap on glass. Programmers are easily scared and will start to cry violently. And then it said, please enter slowly with emphasis on the word slowly. They wrote it in capital letters. Please enter slowly while singing Ave Maria to avoid an incident. Thank you. And notice how I just began saying that slower and slower with lots of peace. Ave Maria. Anyway, there's our little humor for the day. I decided not to address any of the issues uh, currently going on today. I think there is an ample amount of information to that. And, And where really are we going to solve any of these issues? Because whatever solution you might come up with, someone's going to attack it. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's just that's what's going on, Uh, whether it's at work or play or with your friends. It just seems it is just a real crazy time. So I'm not going to address the crazy time. It it, uh, seems pointless. But there is something that we are going to address that does affect our crazy time. And I wanted to talk about prayer. And the title that you have there, here's the title for those who didn't get the title. And I have it in quotation marks. It was like God answered prayer. Quote, unquote. And do you know where I got that? Well, a few days ago, I was doing my chores and I was listening to some music from YouTube. And, you know, uh, those pesky little commercials that show up that you have to either wait through and then you have to do a skip ads or something like that. And while I was doing laundry or dishes or something, one of those ads came up, and I don't, honestly, I don't remember what they were advertising. It might, it It was likely some kind of health product. It might have been a joint pain product or I I don't remember. And you can't really call it up because, you know, those things are all scattered about those the commercial topics. So anyway, I'm I'm trying to get back to the computer to hit the skip. Right. But I'm in the middle of something. And so they're raving about this product, whatever it was. And one gentleman said, It was like God answered prayer. And then they went on with the commercial. And, well, that stuck with me. It was like God answered prayer. And it occurred to me, I wonder how many devoted Christian believers actually pray 
with that kind of expectation about about the answer they're hoping for. (laughs) It was like God answered prayer. As if to say, well, God didn't really answer this prayer, but I'm glad that it happened. Or, I did pray, but I pray in a way that doesn't put any pressure on God to answer the prayer. I kind of chuckle at all of these things. But this show is about reflecting and contemplating on on issues that actually can lead to our healing because life is full of hurt. Life is full of confusion and complexity. And sometimes a single or singular choice can create devastating consequences and And how do we repair that? How do we fix our heart in such a way that we can move forward? Those are important issues, and that's what this show is about. And it occurred to me, we need to talk about prayer, because if we don't, then we're actually missing the essence of our healing. Now, we need to assume, for the moment at least, that most Christians are praying I don't want to assume that they're not praying. And you you know as well as I, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of Christian books and devotional uh, journals about prayer and that God answers prayer. Well, I'm here to tell you nothing new. God does answer prayer. My concern is because I've seen this in my own life, is looking at the motivations for prayer or why I pray, or, or which then, I guess, affects how I pray. I was pondering this uh, yesterday and this morning that a lot of times throughout my life, particularly as a pastor, that often I pray because I'm supposed to pray. I'm supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray. The Bible commands us to pray in many, many places. Old and New Testament. Cry out to the Lord or offer praise to Him. Worship Him. All of these things are are forms of prayer. Meditation is a form of prayer. But when I do pray, and I pray out of obedience, there is nothing wrong with that kind of prayer. I just want to make that clear. God receives our prayers, whether done out of obedience or out of desperate need. God does answer our prayers. But to be able to grow in our Christian walk with the Lord, I think it's imperative that we move our life of prayer toward toward an ongoing conversation 
with God. When I think about people like Abraham or Moses or David or Samuel, when you read through their story and you read the times when they are conversing with God, maybe David doesn't fit into this category because we don't really have David having a conversation with God except by way of a, of a prophet. I could be wrong on that, but I, I don't think so. But with Abraham and Moses and Samuel, you have this uh, back-and-forth conversation that takes place. And when you, when you reflect on it, you, you discover the kind of relationship that I think we all want with God. That God wants to know our thoughts, wants to, to interact with us on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. In other words, that God is present with us. That's what his name, I am who I am, means. I am the God who is present with you, okay? That God wants to be present with us throughout the day. That we're having this ongoing conversation. Isn't it fascinating that in the Old Testament... We, we can only really think of a few individuals who have this kind of conversation with God. And, and then when Jesus comes, the Son of God, a person of the Trinity, comes to earth and does face-to-face -face time with the disciples. It is a daily, moment-by-moment I am present with you kind of relationship with the disciples. And, and Jesus is always encouraging an interaction with him, even if it's not perfect. He's not looking for the perfect thing to be said. He is always searching for a perfect faith, a good faith, a strong faith, a faith that knows that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he is the compassionate one in their life. He wants that. He loves that. He enjoys that. And I think when I see Jesus, I see the fulfillment for every believer, the kind of relationship that in the Old Testament, I think people who worshiped God were, were searching for and longing for. Well, you and I are a part of that fulfillment if we actually will walk in that. In other words, rather than saving our prayer times for meals or, or waiting for someone else to pray at church or when we do the big, you know, when one person prays for everybody, which, you know, I'll just put a little, a little parenthesis. One of my children always had a problem with the idea that someone at the front of the congregation is going to pray on behalf of all of us. Because <laughs> he would say, well, what if I'm in disagreement with that? And he's praying for me? How can he pray for me? He doesn't know my thoughts. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, 
my my fatherly father's day response well you know there are times when as a representative if everyone is in agreement that person would pray we see it happen often in the old testament particularly around dedication times dedication of the temple and so forth but that was my fatherly advice but you know that always stuck with me because what my son was really wanting and talking about was the need for one-on-one interaction with God. So I don't want to get too far afield from our title. The title of this program was, It Was Like God Answered Prayer. And I wanted us to focus on the expectation that we might have about prayer. As I was thinking about prayer this this week, I, I will tell you this. Prior to my wilderness of, you know, 10 years, as a pastor, I prayed every day. I would pray in my quiet times when I had them. I did not have them every day. Sometimes I didn't have a quiet time all week. That's a true confession, okay? But there were times that I was always praying, especially at night before before I would shut my eyes. I would I would always pray and then fall fall asleep. And I knew I was praying with others and for others and and so forth throughout the day. But after my wilderness period, and I have now come to the place where where I've discovered that God wants more of me. God wants more of my heart, wants more of my attention. And in that discovery, discovered how great my lack was in my own life and that I needed and wanted more of God. That my prayer began to change. How I how I talked with God began to change. I don't know if it became less formal, but I would say it became more real. And interestingly enough, when I prayed, um, there were very few things that I asked for. During my wilderness journey, I was asking for lots of things because I was in a lot of pain. But after coming through and getting to the healing place, I discovered that I didn't I didn't ask for a lot of things. I would do intercessory prayer for others. I would pray for others, especially if they asked or if I saw that they needed prayer. And I would spend time praying for them. But I found that my prayer life, personally, I wasn't asking for, for many things at all. If anything, I was asking for wisdom and understanding. But you know what predominantly uh, consumed my, my prayer time, morning, noon, and evening times when I came home? Just being in the presence of God. 
No TV, no music, just sitting and recognizing his presence, being aware of his presence. There were times when I would use my imagination and imagine myself in the throne room, off in a corner, just being quiet and and taking a posture in my mind of worship, but not saying anything. And it was interesting to me that I had to work at at shutting my mind, my conversational mind, down so that I could contemplate, that's one of my words, contemplate His Majesty. And I would do this sometimes for a half hour, sometimes for an hour. Not looking for anything, not hungry for anything, but just offering my yielded spirit to him. And when I was I was done, there was such a pleasant uh, sense. I don't want to use the word feeling because I, I um, that's a whole other topic. I, I think there are there's a difference between feelings and emotions, and and I wasn't looking for some kind of physical sensation, but rather a deeper core sense of fullness, completeness. And I wasn't even looking for that. It was just after a time with the Lord when I when I would rise up from my knees or rise up from my chair or whatever it was. It was like a, a sense that God was smiling and I was smiling and I could carry on carry on whatever needed to be done the rest of the day or so forth. So my my internal posture and my internal attitude of prayer had begun to change and it was no longer centered around music. You know, I was a musician, music pastor for for many years and so I had to lead lots of worship, which is a form of prayer. But I had to actually transition myself out of out of the sense of praise and prayer so that I could just sit in his presence silently. And that that took some time. And I, I'm the reason I share that with you is is to encourage you to Put the Lord first in your prayer. Not that you have to say anything, but just in 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 the clarity, in the cl- clearness of your mind to be able to sit in His presence and perhaps just listen. Listen in the silence for something God may want to say or not say. So that that's one aspect of of prayer that I wanted to to bring into this discussion, the discussion of our thoughts, I suppose, this reflection time. But there's some there's there's something else that as I was in one of these moments earlier this week, which I should say, by the way, happens now quite often, that when I am silent before the Lord and I have reached the the place where no words are transpiring from my mind. Okay, I'm just in my mind. I'm gazing on 
on the Lord or sitting in in a pleasant place with him. And I imagine that he's with me and we're just maybe looking at a mountain scene together and appreciating the beauty of it together without saying anything. Anyway, don't want, I've already talked about that. But in these times, sometimes, actually I have to say more than sometimes, God initiates the conversation. It is the most amazing thing to me that out of what appears to be nowhere, God will bring a thought to me. And it's just a thought to me. It's not, it may not be scriptural or, you know, <laughs> but I know that it's true for me. God is, is having a conversation with me. And what came to mind, Chris, do you know that I answer every prayer? Let me say that again. I believe Jesus asked me, or God asked me, this question. Chris, do you believe that I answer every prayer? Well, I couldn't answer right away. My, my first answer would have been, well, of course. Well, of course. But I didn't, I didn't actually have the, the thought process developed enough where I could I could answer that with authenticity, integrity. And so I began processing over the last several days about prayer in the scripture. I am sure that you as a devoted believer, you're very familiar with many of the passages of prayer, right? Praying in the will of God, 1 John 5. Right? making sure that our, our prayers are in the will of God and that uh, God has a choice. He can answer no. Uh, there are waiting prayers. Why doesn't God answer my prayer right away? And, and I, I don't want to I don't want to try to answer all those things. There are answers, and there are many thousands of sermons on prayer and teachings and Bible studies and curriculum on prayer. I, I don't want to go in, into that. I really want to have us just process this idea around what it is that we expect when we pray. And so as I was contemplating the Lord's message to me, I started going through the Bible and one thought took a little while, you know, but one thought occurred to me was, and I started looking in the Bible where God didn't answer a prayer. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't find one. I know there were passages where, in the prophets particularly, God says, I will not answer when you cry out to me. And it was, it was based upon the, the obedience or the lack of obedience in the life of a worshiper. Uh, an Israelite worshiper. Do you think I'm going to answer prayer when you're behaving this way? Okay. It's kind of the same interactions uh, of, scri of scripture or thought that, that Peter talks about with regard to husbands, that, that God would not answer the prayer of husbands if they mistreat their wives or, or do, do not treat their wives with respect. You know, Prayer is 
conditional to a certain degree based upon the condition of our heart as believers. What is remarkable is is that God says that he always hears the prayers. And, you know, we can parse the meaning of that when we go, well, God hears prayer, but he may not answer that. Or if he does, he may not answer it the way we want or expect. I've gone through all of those wrestling matches through the years. Maybe you have too. But I've come to realize that when the Bible says God hears our prayers, there is one consistent factor throughout all Scripture is that when God hears a prayer, from a broken, devoted heart, okay? Or a broken heart that doesn't know him, but is crying out to him. The implication of of God hearing a prayer is that he answers it. He will answer it. And, And so I want to communicate to myself again and to all of us, is that God answers prayer. I challenge you to look for the times when God never answers a prayer. You know where I I end up a little bit to answer that? Is I look at my own life and I go, well, God didn't answer my prayer here. And then you go into those wrestling matches. Well, God didn't save my uncle from this, or God didn't rescue this that I prayed for. I wanted him to do that, and he didn't do that. So his answer is no. Well, you know, using the word no, there's some some auxiliary information that comes with a no from God. And again, this is not to do a Bible study and to come up with a whole list of reasons why God may answer no. I really want to have us think about no. The answer of a no is still a yes toward the goodness of God in your life. So, for instance, if God does answer yes to your prayer but god god is reluctant reluctantly answering yes well you know what that reluctance would would then mean for you and i that that is not the best for us and i just want you to consider the thought that you may not want a reluctant yes from the lord to your prayer. You may in fact want a wholehearted, full assurance, thrilling answer. Yes, I want this for you. That's what I want. I'm not so sure I want the reluctant yes from God. 
or the, the, the answer that I demand to have my way. Not so sure I want that. I want you to think about that, and then we will wrap up uh, our time together. So we do want to mention Community Voices Chat, a familiar podcast on Linked Local Network that plays on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, every other Wednesday, I should say, and also Pillars of Franchising, which, which airs on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Linked Local Network. Linked Local Network is where our podcast uh, is platformed. would love for you to check uh, that Linked Local Network, LLN, out for all of your uh, podcasts. There's quite an array there. Also, you can uh, find our podcast uh, after this show is aired. Then it turns into a podcast form. You can find us on iTunes or FM Player. And uh, you can also contact us at LifeHurtsGodHeals2020 at gmail.com. If you want to quickly find shows, you can either go to Blog Talk Radio, type in Linked Local Network, or type in Life Hurts God Heals, and you'll find our shows there. You can also find our shows on Facebook at our Life Hurts God Heals page, and you can go through all of those. Okay. See, I did my due diligence. Very nice. So we're talking about prayer and the expectation that we have about prayer. And I want to revisit the thought that God answers every prayer. Every prayer. I think in my own life, there were periods of time, large periods of time, where I prayed out of obedience and I let God choose the prayers that he was going to answer favorably. And I was just going to accept whatever was a no. And so my prayer life was not one that was very personal. It was very obedient and it was very loyal and it was very consistent in that way. I'm doing the right things all the time. But I will tell you, at least in the last five years, six years, uh, my time with the Lord is altogether different. And what has developed is an expectation that every prayer is answered. That is, every request is answered. As I said earlier, God is desiring a, an ongoing conversation. And as that has developed in my life, and perhaps it has developed in your life, you find that you're not really asking God for many things at all. You're really just uh, contemplating life together. You're, you're going through life together. You're, you're, you're maybe you're asking, I wonder why that is. And then God answers with a thought. Or if you're wrestling with, an, with a problem in conversation, then God gives you an answer. You may not have even asked the question. <laughs> okay? But God gives you a thought. What has become a very routine, obedient sense of praying with God has transformed in my life to an ongoing conversation where God is speaking quite often. And these are private conversations. They're not conversations that I'm going to share with you. They're between me and the Lord. But I will tell you that they are fantastic. And I encourage this kind of 
listening for, spending time with the Lord, and inquiry on questions. Think of yourself as a disciple, always asking questions. You're not interceding for someone. You're not demanding that something happen in your life. You're just asking questions about life, about why this is, what is happening, and allowing God to speak wisdom into your life, to speak his understanding into your life. These times are are incredibly precious and rich for me. And I do want to add in now something that is kind of amazing to me. So I don't, I don't, I I do intercessory prayer often. I pray for people at work. I pray for family. I pray for circumstances in people's lives that I see. I pray for our country. I pray for our state. Uh, I pray for hurting people that I don't even know, but I'm aware of. I pray for missionaries that I don't even know, but, but I'm assuming they're having difficult times. I pray for people who are locked away in prison because of their faith or because of their ministry and the separation and grief that they have. So I do those kinds of intercessory prayers. And I don't have a list on the wall about when I'm going to pray these things. It, they're just times when they occur to me, I, I pray about that. But I have found that when I am specifically asking for a need for me, a need for someone else close to me, And it's the kind of prayer that is not about understanding, it's not about wisdom, it's not about encouragement, but that this person actually needs something, something physical, something tangible, needs someone to speak, needs, you see what I'm saying? It's, It's this kind of prayer that when I pray that and I ask the Lord in my sitting times with him, He does it. He does it. I'm just going to say it. He does it. And he does it rather quickly. And I'm I'm sometimes taken aback by it. But each time he does this, and I will tell you folks, he does this quite often. It is so affirming to me because what it does is it... It draws me into his presence even more. It makes me wake up each day wanting to be in his presence more. Not that I can have more of my requests answered. Actually, I I don't ask very often, (laughs) okay, specific things. I ask very broad things. And what I'm discovering is, is, is that because I'm drawn into his presence more because he answers my very, you know, specific, physical, tangible things so quickly that it's like I don't really worry about asking for things. I don't have a laundry list of things. It's as if God says, yeah, I'll do this for you. Yeah, let me take care of that for you. 
And he does, and he does it instantly. So that when I am praying the broader prayers for our country or for circumstances and situations in people's lives that I don't even know, I have this greater, stronger expectation that God is doing it. I don't know how he's doing it. I will never get an answer as to whether God answered those prayers. But I know that he's answering. And that he's answering favorably. And this is, this is kind of where I wanted to perhaps close our showtime. Is rather than looking for a specific yes to my specific request, I'm looking for God's favor and favorable answers. That is, Lord, I want what will work best. This is what I think might work best, but I want your best to work best. Okay. And what's so amazing to me is that when I begin praying this way, I find that how I do intercessory prayer and the things that I specifically ask are becoming more in line with God's mindset. I don't know quite how to explain it. I know the scriptures talk about you know, that he will give us the desires of our heart. But there's places where he says that he will, he will put his desires in our heart. And I've never known quite how that works itself out, but I'm discovering now that as I give time to God, he is actually forming in me his heart, his wisdom, his understanding so that I understand what is in the scope of, this, of the situation and the circumstance that I'm concerned about. I, I almost get the sense that I'm looking at the situation and recognizing, okay, I shouldn't pray about that. I shouldn't ask for that because I don't, I don't comprehend that that is in God's will. But I do know what is in God's will. And I don't even need scripture necessarily to back that up. I know there is a danger that I will only be thinking that, that, uh, that my, my thoughts are God's thoughts. I know that danger. And so I'm, I'm cautious about, about sharing it. But I think it needs to be shared because... You know, Jesus was very clear that the disciples were to be his representatives. Um, and as ambassadors and as representatives that all of us are, and even Jesus prayed for us as his representatives, that we would develop his, his thought process. You know, he will live in us through the Spirit, and we will live in Him, that we would become one. And what is it that oneness means? And I think in part that oneness means that I'm going to be thinking the thoughts of God. Now, of course, 
This means that I need to be very familiar with his recorded testimony throughout history, the Old Testament and New Testament, which is why we spend or should be spending a great deal of time reading, reflecting on God's Word, both, both in devotional times where, where you're specifically looking for uh, understanding in a specific area, but then also through a, a, a consistent curriculum kind of time, you know, where you're, you're doing a study through a book or a particular topic, okay, and, and you're doing a fairly thorough study. And maybe you have to do those studies every three or four years on that particular topic. But the idea here is so that we understand and know the mindset of God. So we become familiar with his thinking processes. We become familiar with his emotional processes, the, the feeling processes that God has, when it is okay to be angry and when it is not, when it is okay to grieve and when it is not, when it is time to finish grieving and when it is time to move forward. You, you see what I'm saying? We begin developing these kinds of interactions with God as we sit in his presence. Well, that's the show, folks. I, I look at that title and I go, it was as if God was answering prayer. And I go, no, 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 no. Or it was like God answering prayer. Not at all. God does answer prayer. And God answers every prayer. And we should look for those answers. And those answers that we can't see or find because it's of a nature that is far broader scope... That doesn't mean that God isn't answering. God is answering. And yes, God has a time frame for answering, which is favorable to us, favorable to his, his timeline, to how he intersects and intervenes in people's lives. But I will tell you this, as you pray in these times of... Uh, uh, quietness, imagination, and then conversationally, I want and I hope that you'll discover a greater boldness to pray. There is a prayer that God loves to, to answer. I have to throw this in since it's on the topic of prayer. There is a prayer that God loves to answer. And it is the, the need for the broken person who is seeking God. I can't tell you, but the, the, the numbers of times that I have prayed when I've gone to a hospital or when I've gone to someone who, who is broken or needs something and I'm trying to share the Lord with them, I'll ask them, what is it that, that you would like God to do for you? And if they give me something specific, when I pray it, I... I'm not lying at all. Within the month, they have it. And, and now I have an open door to share with them about the Lord. That the Lord did this. The Lord answered them. The Lord loves them. God does this over and over again for the unbeliever. He wants to show his glory to those who are doubting. To those who are seeking to those who are broken. 
So let me encourage you in your times of sharing to be bold in your prayer with God, in your communication with God, based upon your relationship, your knowing relationship with, with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit, that you can make these kinds of bold and daring requests, even though you, you might go, how is this going to happen? I will tell you one story that happened just last, it happened last year. I was visiting uh, a resident and I had never met her before, introduced myself. This was at a, a nursing facility. I introduced myself, and uh, as we were sharing, I noticed, quite obviously, she didn't have any teeth. And as we were talking, um, as I was getting ready to leave, I asked, what can I pray for you for? And she said, please pray that I could have some teeth. I have asked my children for years and years if they would help arrange for me to have some teeth. But it's one thing after another, and so it's been several years now that I haven't had any teeth. And I've asked my children now going on for three or four years. And I said, okay. And I prayed with her right then, and I, I specifically asked, Father, that you would wake up the children to their mom's need, her desire, her longing is for teeth. That's all I prayed. And I said, goodbye. Do you know that two weeks later, she's thrilled. She goes, my children have arranged for me to have some teeth put in. A month later, she had a full set of teeth. Tops and bottoms. There you go. See? It doesn't matter what the request is. And I tell you what, that led to a, a very, de a, a growing devoted relationship for that woman with God. She suddenly now was praying, enjoying the presence of the Lord. She started to come to our devotion times, our Bible study times, our worship times. Pretty marvelous. Pretty marvelous. That's my encouragement. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. In Jesus' name.